This world will kill you. Uh, if it's not fires, it'll be earthquakes. If it's not earthquakes, it'll be tornadoes. And if it's not any of those rock and roll things, it'll be things like car accidents or drownings. Or if you survive all these things, disease will infect your body to finish you off. This world, either at the macro or at the micro level, this world will kill you. I don't mean to sound alarmist here, but th there it is. Ever since the time of Adam, this world has produced thorns and thistles for you. For you. That's what Genesis 3 verse 17 says. These barbed nasties, they're not just generally inconvenient. They are intentionally making your life hard. There is a significant sense in which the world is against you. It wants to kill you. The Israelites really felt this as they toiled away in Egypt. Egypt gave them a heightened sense that the world is not our home. For them, Egypt was a land of misery, a house of slavery, and a furnace of affliction. I wonder if those descriptions resonate with you. Does life now feel like misery, or slavery, or a furnace? Life in this fallen world can feel like that. We have a great pharaoh over us, Satan, who is a slave driver. And we will see soon, life in this world is like the slavery of Egypt, as we are driven to do more and more, chasing after a verdict and a freedom that never comes. But in the midst of this misery, this slavery and this furnace, the God of the burning bush promises a land of milk and honey. Let me read Exodus chapter 3 from verse 7. The Lord of the burning bush is speaking. He says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, Moses. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. So there it is, the land of milk and honey. We use that phrase today really to describe a place of, of bounty, of luxury, of rest, some kind of idyll. And uh, it's the sort of phrase that you'd use particularly if right now life is really tough. But you think to yourself, never mind, at some stage we will reach the land of milk and honey. 
In fact, in Exodus, it is said to be a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Flowing is a word for gushing forth abundantly. 20 times in the Old Testament, the promised land is described as flowing with milk and honey. In Adam and in Adam's world, the land is against us. But here is a land that seems to be for us. It bubbles over with luxury goods. There will be no more scrounging for the bare necessities in this land. There'd be nothing mean or plain about the land. It would overflow with fatness and sweetness. That's what milk and honey is, fatness and sweetness. For now, we are strangers in a strange land, a hostile land. But when Jesus returns to complete his ultimate exodus, he will deliver us from this wilderness into God's new creation rest. One day soon, this earth will be resurrected and renewed, just as Jesus was himself. And finally, we will be at home in the world. Thorns and thistles will give way to milk and honey.